Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. The way you write your resume is going to show the type of law that you've been trained to practice. What you say on your resume is going to determine the types of law firms that are going to interview you. You're selling your interest and skills in one practice area. They may reach it because who knows that they like where the person went to law school. They may like it because these other things. But here's the problem with this particular resume. This resume is very good for a litigation job. It's probably very good if you just had here that the person was a member of the, whatever the nationally ranked trial team is, whatever the name of it is, which I would recommend listing. And then anything that's detracting from the resume. So here's what it looks like in the resume. If I was to say, will the person do the job long-term, meaning if we hire them, are they gonna be a good investment of our training? I wouldn't take a look at this resume and I would say this person really wants to be, this person would much rather prefer to be an IP litigator. That's what I would think. And I would probably, if they wanted to be an IP litigator, I might even market them as an IP litigator, but you need to be very careful about anything that detracts from this. But right now, this person looks like they could be a very good litigator. Being high honors in English makes them look like a good litigator. Being able to write and be a scientific person makes them good look like a good litigator. But all of this other stuff may start detracting. So here you go. So now you have the Illinois Tenants Union. Okay, so that would that's fine. This All this detail probably isn't necessary, so I'd be very careful about that and listing that because you can start seeing here you see all these things that are happening with this person that are somewhat unrelated to being a law firm litigator and the problem with a lot of this is when people start seeing this stuff and again i'm not telling this person not i potentially would leave it off it starts detracting from a lot of the good stuff so if this person is going to get a job as a litigator they need to this resume needs to look very consistent for doing one thing. And unfortunately, a lot of this other stuff is okay, but it detracts from that. So you might, this is probably enough right here, just to say that. And then these are essentially non-legal related positions, a senior program strategist, and then the director of district partnerships. That's actually, Teach for America is a very prestigious organization. That, and this is probably okay to list there, but, and maybe even the Chicago Public Schools is okay. But again, these should not take up a lot of space on the resume. They should be, might even have a pre-law experience and then just put one or two lines. I was the director of admission because everything on your resume needs to look like the, all this person wants to do is be a litigator. And the more you detract from that, the more you're going to you're going to be hurting yourself. Now, there is another point that I want to bring up. Okay, so there's this other URL here, which is talks about firm ranking. It's bcgsearch.com forward slash firm ranking dot PHP. And so law firms can essentially be grouped into one to five rankings. And what you do based on your resume will show what type of ranking, what type of firm you belong in. And I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm going to go into a little bit of detail right now to show you. The highest ranking law firms are fives. And that would be White and Case is a very good law firm, somewhere between a four and a five. You could say it's a five, or you could say it's a four. It doesn't really matter. But the most prestigious law firms typically work for the largest clients. And so the, and let's talk about law firm ranking. So the most prestigious law firms, Aegis and highest paying. So there's paying law firms, 
represent big companies with lots of money to spend. And those are fives, meaning they'll pretty much pay anything for good legal services. And then as you go down, you're, these are your AMLA 100, 200, typical 200, some budgets, but not some budgets. And then your threes are going to be your midsize. And I'll explain why this is important in a minute to typically small to medium, com medium companies, that kind of thing, wealthy. And then as you go down, then you get two, which are smaller companies or smaller companies and individuals and one equals individuals, cost sensitive individuals. So the reason this is important, these rankings is the way you write your resume is going to show the type of law that you've been trained to practice. And so this is actually a very important point and something that's interesting that this person did. This person doesn't talk about whether or not they're in, representing individuals or they're representing companies. You would have to know that after looking at their resume. But the, so it's very interesting. Most resumes will give some indication. This they'll just know by the law firm brand. And then this, they're not going to know. They're going to know by what you say. What you say on your resume is going to determine the types of law firms that are going to interview you. So if you were working at like a smaller law firm, but representing smaller companies, you might be able to move to a three firm doing corporate or whatever, I knew most practice areas. If you're working at a three firm, you might be able to move to a four firm. But if you're working at a one firm, you're going to have a very difficult time working for mid-sized companies. It's just because of the training and the type of firm you're representing. So we're going to come back to this, the law firm ranking later today, but just know that what you say in your resume is going to determine the type of employer that you can get a job on, so get a job with these questions and also this these questions. So I will come back to all this in a little bit, but it's important to understand that. So this particular person, very good resume, but what I really would recommend would be making this resume very clear about what you want to be and what you making sure that this is very clear about being a litigator. If this person is very clear about being a litigator and dumbs down all this other stuff that they've done, they'll have a very good chance of getting litigation jobs in lots of different types of firms. But at some point, they're going to have to also give some indication about what type of clients they're representing. So you, your resume should always give some indication, should always give some sort of indication of what kind of clients, if you want to, the client types you're representing. Because the idea is, just so you everyone understands, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. If you're working at a five firm, you're going into tremendous detail. Those clients have a lot of money to spend on legal services and they will be willing to spend money all day long and you will get trained to go into a lot of detail. If you're working at a one firm, the idea is that those clients just don't have a lot of money to spend. And because they don't have a lot of money to spend, their biggest interest is going to be in just getting work done as quickly as possible and as economically as possible. And you're not gonna have the opportunity to go in deep and you're gonna become a different type of attorney. So it's just important. There's nothing wrong with that, but law firms have different expectations for people depending on their ranking and also the type of ranking that you're putting yourself in. You're always answering these questions, which you may not realize. And this is extremely important that everyone can understand this. You're answering these questions about what type of law firm are you qualified to work in based on what you put in your resume. And then you're also answering these questions about whether or not you can do the job and be managed and so forth based on that. Okay, so let's look at the next resume. Okay, this person is doing the same sort of thing. They're listing a lot of different activities and on here and things that they're doing. And 
And I'm not really sure why, but we'll talk about that in a second. So you don't put, you don't need to tell people that this is an honor. People know what that is. And then Juris Doctor, that's fine. And then again, just some of these issues, like where the person's not underlying, I don't know if this is our translation issue or yours, but you do need to fix that. So a lot of stuff's going on here. This person is making it look like they're interest, very interested in a lot of different things. I don't think it's necessary to list your courses. And just so everyone understands, like courses you take in law school don't qualify you to be a real estate attorney or a landlord tenant attorney or you know what, whatever this person's trying to do. They don't necessarily qualify you to do those things. What And being part of the Legal Association for Women or the Sports Law Society, there's nothing wrong with any of this. There's nothing wrong with being, this person was a member of the this Chicago Women in Law. This person was a, I don't know, was done a panelist. And there's nothing wrong with your having your interests on here. But what is wrong with telegraphing your interests is when they're, they may detract from what you're trying to do, or they may may not be, again, putting medical malpractice and combining that with landlord-tenant law, they're, they're just not related. So they confuse, you're confusing the reader of your resume. Now, what I do like about this resume, which is interesting, is this person has a lot of stuff going on with real estate. So you can see that, and I don't know, Center for Real Estate Studies affiliate, I don't know what that is, but an employer that's a real estate employer is going to like it if they see, okay, this person was got a merit-based scholarship to NYU. They And many times if you do that, if you list this sort of stuff, if you list this sort of stuff, what is also interesting and what I recommend doing is a lot of times, and there's nothing wrong with this, people will go to law schools based on the type of academic support they receive. Some people will go to New York Law School because they may have gotten into better law schools. Who knows? But sometimes if you do very well, if the person got a 98 percentile in the LSATs or something, that's actually, and you didn't go to, the, to a top 10 law school or whatever, sometimes it's okay to list that. It's generally not something you would want to list, but sometimes it's good to list because it shows, hey, this person went to the school because it was less expensive or they got a scholarship. Who knows? Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. I've had a couple of experiences. I had one attorney, and it was an in-law attorney in my family, that got into two law schools. They got into University of Florida, where they got a scholarship, and then they got into NYU, where they got no scholarship. And I told this person, you should definitely go to NYU. And they were like, that's crazy. And But they did. And now they're, I think, at Skadden. But the point is, had they gone to University of Florida, they probably wouldn't have been at Skadden. And but so sometimes people make decisions about where they go to law school just based on money. Most people, a lot of people do. And sometimes if, if you do go to a law school, New York Law School, by the way, is a very good law school in New York. I'm not criticizing that. But what I am saying is that it's not a top 20 law school or anything. And so if that happens, then you want to be very careful about how you're wording. You want to many times put stuff in about if you got a really good LSAT score. No one's going to check, by the way. But so that's but you want to if you got a very good LSAT score at school to list that or you got or you had a 4.0 at William Patterson University. 
Okay, so there's a lot going on here with this resume as well. So this person and this master of arts, I want to talk about this. And again, this is going to be a very important discussion right now, and it's something that everybody needs to understand. So this particular published work, A Deadly Excuse for Mass Shootings, the country right now, and this is very important, the United States is divided essentially into two separate countries. I'm not, I'm exaggerating here, but it's true. You have people on the left. I'm going to, I don't know that it's that, and people on the right. And all you need to do is look at the news and you will determine right away, this is the truth. You look at the New York, you look at the New York Times versus the Wall Street Journal, or sorry, Wall Street Journal or CNN versus Fox. So countries divided into two countries and that's fine so it's always been like that but it's actually becoming much more extreme with their trumps and whatever and that doesn't really concern me but anytime you start giving indications about what side of the fence you're on essentially what you're doing and it may be okay but you're identifying yourself with one side of that and if you identify yourself with one side of this one side then you're essentially going in and you're helping the law firm ask these questions. Do we like this person? Obviously, some law firms are going to very much someone that's doing, that's on, and this, I'm sorry, but this looks like the left because the left is, and that's fine, but you're essentially identifying yourself with left-hand firms. And that's, that may be okay. But then at the same, at the other, se other sense, you're doing real estate. And a lot of real estate developers, Trump's a real estate developer, are going to be on the right. You have to understand, and this is just a very important point, you have to understand how is your res is your resume showing you're on the right or the left and on the right or the left? And then is this going to is this going to match my preferred practice area and location? This area is working for businesses. It just depends. Again, people are on different sides of the fence, but no, you're gonna be in trouble with some firms if you list the stuff and others you won't. And you really have no way of knowing what's going on. So I would encourage everyone, I understand that it's on one side of the fence or another. I'm actually not on either side. I really don't care. I just want you to get a job. But the more you are on one side, so this person is obviously trying to do business related work, but then on the other side, they're talking about this. So I do recommend leaving this stuff off. It's just for me, it's, or you might, because you're going to potentially fly with one side. Now, that's not to say you need to, but that's to say that sometimes it may be better for you to do that. Then the study abroad stuff is okay. But again, you have to be with that. You be careful. And then all of these honors things, okay, it's good. I like it. I, I Is there a way you could rename your published? I don't know, but you have to be careful with this because this person is essentially a very good student got a merit-based scholarship for doing something very well, and then now looks like a business attorney. So let's talk about what's happening in experience now. So now this person is a law clerk. So the law clerk, the, what that means, just so everyone understands, and I've started seeing a lot of law firms doing this. This means essentially that the person gradu is graduating in 2023. Okay, so they've been a law clerk from that to the present. So that's actually very good. The person's working while they're in law school. Look how they spell due diligence. You have to be very careful. Or no, it's diligence, one L, is that whatever, it's still spelled wrong. Oh yeah, there we go. And then, but this is very good. So this person's obviously interested in being a real estate attorney. Then here, 
they're doing litigation related stuff and they only did it for three months. So I might call it summer intern or something like that. I would summer or summer associate if maybe that was it. I don't know, but maybe it's not an official summer associate program, but call it something that it's, it probably was a summer associate. You probably could call it a summer associate job. You could probably do the same thing with this. I don't know if the employer is going to remind mind you doing that, but I would recommend if you can do that. I wouldn't put anything on here about, you can see how this person's put stuff about all of this, things that are unrelated to real estate. I really wouldn't do that either. The problem is you want people to look at this resume and believe that this person is a real estate attorney. Then you want, the reason is they've been doing it for, I don't know, six months or something. They have a lot of interest in doing real estate related work from their resume and then a lot of other stuff related to that. If I was this person, I would try to make myself look as much as I could like a real estate attorney and then de-emphasize anything that's not related to real estate. In your positions, you don't need to put a lot of detail on about them. And I would just be very careful about what you're doing necessarily with how you're framing your experience. So this would be a very good real estate resume if you talked about your activities being related to real estate, business and law is fine. And then if you went in and then you made sure you just did this as well, then again, you start detracting from things that are related to real estate when you start putting this information in here. And then the community service and stuff isn't necessary. And then language and then you could also say fluent Russian. That's all you need to say. It's presumed that you can translate things. So this actually is a very good resume and could do very well for a real estate job. But I would recommend doing a little bit more with that. And I will, by the way, for all these resumes, anyone that has questions, I will take questions. I've had two batches of them. So I'm about halfway done through the first one. And I do want people to understand the logic that goes in here. The big thing that you just need to understand is everyone that's looking at your resume really wants to understand. You, you have to be very careful, and I should put this at the top of all resumes, and you should, everyone should understand this. You need to be very careful about putting things on your resume that detract from your interest and skills in one practice area, because you are, that's what you're selling. You're selling your interest and skills in one practice area. That's the only thing that sells. And I wish I could show you in BCG the resumes that get interviews and the ones that don't. All the resumes that get interviews all look like the person has experience in one practice area. What's so good about this resume, if this resume was very focused on, this person would get jobs doing real estate, and then they could even start at a small firm and move to a large firm and do all sorts of things if they stayed focused on it. But if they send out this resume with all these different things going on, Whoever hires them isn't going to know if they have long-term interest in real estate, what they have, or they're interested in litigation, and it's just going to hurt them. But if I was a law firm, I had Russian clients buying real estate, I, and I would think they would be this person would be a great fit for that. Okay, let me move on to one more. Okay, so this person is a compliance consultant to auto dealers. Okay, so let's see here. So I'm just studying this resume real quickly. Okay, so the, one of the issue is, again, you can see here we took off the name of the consultant. I would not call yourself a consultant. I would just say auto dealer compliance uh, attorney. And, and that's probably because you always want to refer yourself as an attorney and not a consultant. So the problem with the word consultant is it violates consultant, is that it, it violates a lot of the rules. And so the, some of the rules we talked about up here are 
Can the person do the job? Can the person be managed? Will the person do the job long-term? And so consultants typically, consultants come in and what a consultant does in these roles is a consultant will do something, doesn't want a long-term job, can't be managed, typically won't do the job long-term. So if you call yourself right away a consultant at the beginning, that the law firm, there's no law firm that's going to be interested in hiring you because they're going to assume that you can't be managed, you know, that you don't want the job, that you won't do the job long-term. And even can you do the job, meaning are you going to stick around and all that sort of thing. So that needs to be done. Now these here, what this person is doing is they're putting in privacy, data security contracts and compliance attorneys. And I don't know that you need to say all that. You just need to say auto dealer, business and compliance attorney right here. And I'm just showing all that. But all these things that are going in the top of the summary here, really what you want, what you're better off doing is putting all this information here, which is actually very good. This information belongs somewhere in your experience setting. So you need to put this information, if you want law firms to know it, in the experience set. And this, by the way, this particular resume, I would just want to point out, this is probably an attorney that would be very good working in a having their own practice. And I believe that's personal what they're doing. And this even looks very good to send out to auto dealers. So if an auto dealer was getting this about compliance, it would also be very helpful as well. But th this particular resume, again, is very good for it. This is a good kind of summary for selling this person's services to law firms, but it's probably not necessarily going to be the best resume for this particular person getting a job in a law firm. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Okay, so a lot of times people will, this person is their own firm, and so they're basically telling you these two locations. What this means is probably that the person has a house in Somerville and also Middleton, Delaware, and has two different homes, and they work out of their home. So I don't know that's necessary to list that, even though that's the truth, really, because the idea is, will the person do the job long-term? Does the person want the job? Can they be managed? Anybody that's got two houses, and I'm assuming Somerville, South Carolina is a nice place, I don't know, but anybody that has two homes like this and so forth is probably not going to commit to any type of job. So it's just, it's important. If the firm is this person's name, you probably don't even need to say principal. And, and all you need to say is council dealers and finance activity, this sort of information right here. And then that sort of thing. I don't know the presented in a conference and a seven-year career doing that is, is that necessary to talk about? But this sort of thing is good. And, and then saving one dealer $100,000 is probably not useful. But I, I would just say, 
manage security incidents, something along those lines. And that looks good. Again, a lot of the stuff up here that's been done as the person as a compliance attorney probably should be moved into here. And then you have this other stuff right here. I would almost say regulatory compliance counsel, anything that detracts and looks like a more of a leadership role than a, an attorney role. And this is very good. This dealer track work, same thing, that looks good. And then let's see, fleet card services. I don't know if this is prior to or after the person graduating from law school. If it is, that's fine. But I would be very careful. And then Associate General Counsel, MasterCard International, Okay. And then all this, and I do how the person put in that they were an adjunct professor doing that because that is all related. So this actually, believe it or not, is a, a very good resume. I think this, I don't like the, the stuff at the top, but what's very good about this and what you can see on this resume compared to every other resume we've looked at today is we know exactly what this person does and their whole legal career has been very consistent from start to finish doing that. And all of their jobs have been very consistent doing that as well. So this is actually an ex excellent resume in, in multiple respects because of how it's all focused on doing one thing. And, and this person is employable in a law firm if there are jobs related to them, because law firms would need someone like that. If there's a law firm that does this sort of work, and this person is also very employable in-house. So this is an excellent resume. And just so you understand this person has two houses, this is what you get when you focus your practice area. If you're all over the place, you don't get two houses. You get a business that's supporting itself for seven years, which is good. You get very confused employers that don't know really what to make of you and, and then no consistent job. It makes it look like you're interested in a lot of, lot of things. This person, by the way, I do think that there's things wrong with them. If you were to ask these questions, how you would clean it up. But for the most part, this is an excellent resume with a lot of consistency and, and, and doing a lot of things very well. I'm not sure what this is. If this, oh, this has to do with the next resume. Okay, let me take a quick break. I'm just going to grab a coffee and I'll be back and then we'll do, we've got several more resumes here and then and these resumes. But I also, one of the things I would recommend with this particular resume is whatever the type of work that an auto dealer compliance attorney does. If there's specific, I would, if I were this person and I would try to do this for everyone would be important. I would look up any, I, if I were this person, I would look up all auto dealer compliance attorney jobs, jobs you can find, and also all definitions of what this attorney does, type of attorney does, and try to make the resume have as much information as possible that is relevant to that type of job positions. A lot of times when people are writing up their own experience, what will happen? And again, I I don't know that I'm sure we have placed auto dealer compliance attorneys. This just isn't a particular type of job that I'm familiar with. But many times, especially if you're in a niche practice area like this, you need to see, need to ask, what is it that employers are consistently looking for or in this practice area? And when you find that, when you find those things, you can then focus your resume to reflect that. And then some good ways of getting jobs, just so this person could, and everyone can understand, some good ways of getting job would be to contact employers that have had jobs before or have practices doing this niche practice area. And if you do that, you will do well. So this is, a, by the way, as I said earlier, this is an excellent resume. 
there's a lot of things it does very well. And it's all focused on one practice area, which is very helpful. And everyone, wow, Class Val Victorian and Fordham College, that's amazing. So everything about this resume is very good. But the biggest thing would just be to make sure that it's folk, that that it's, it, it kind of drills down on everything that this type of attorney is expected to do. But it would probably go so far as to say that this person's probably very well known in the industry for what they do, particular of the next resume. Okay, so this resume is for someone that's not graduating for several years, so that's fine. And let's just go see here. And has currently has spent three months at the IRS and then so paralegal before that, okay. Then also litigation paralegal, paralegal upwork, lots of different paralegal jobs. And usually for, this one was for a year, this one was for, okay. Okay, okay, so this is an interesting resume. I would recommend at the top of here, taking off this from the very top of the resume. So there's no reason to put these skills and things at the top. And as a 2025 graduate, the law firms aren't going to be very concerned about all of this. I think because this person has been a paralegal for so many years, one of the problems with having all of these paralegal jobs, and I'm just going to be completely honest, there's a lot of look, there's a lot of moves. So there's just a lot of different moves. There's a lot of jobs. And, and anytime someone is looking at your resume, they're always asking these questions. They're, they're asking, can the person do the job? Can they be managed? Do they want the job? Will they do the job long-term and all these sorts of questions? So this particular person is going to have a difficult time getting started as an attorney because really what they're doing here is they're, they've had so many jobs. So they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine jobs in 10 years. That's going to make any law firm that's interviewing them think that the odds of them sticking around are going to be very slim. And and you would think the same thing as well, too, if you were them. So what I would recommend doing with this particular resume is I would take out, and again, I'll answer questions when we get through all these resumes today. I'll answer questions about every individual resume if you have questions about it. What I would recommend doing is basically putting down the dates. So you would just say from from it would be, you put down the dates, you'd say from June 2012 to paralegal. And then you would just write from June 2012. And again, there may be reasons, and it's not my concern, from June 2012 to whatever the last date was, 20, January 2022, I've been a paralegal for several law firms, something like that. I gained experience and, and then experience with, and then just a couple of different things. You know, a couple of things like that. And then just something like that looks a lot better. And then being a legal analyst with the IRS and criminal investigations unit, that's fine too. That looks like that job is maybe that's still, if it's March 23 and it, or if it's to present, then just write present, don't write that date because then it looks like you're not working there anymore. But this particular job, I also be very careful about listing all of this information. The problem with what you've done here working for the IRS is it's okay, but now you start looking like you may be a tax attorney, you may be a tax controversy attorney. So you have to ask, what do you want? What conclusions do you want law firms to reach from this experience? So you have, and that's an important question. Does this mean you want to work? Does this mean you want to do tax? 
X controversy. What does it mean? You have to ask, what, is it, what does this mean? So you have to ask, that's what the law firm is going to ask themselves. Now, all this stuff, saying you've been a litigation paralegal for 10 years is great, but that's all you want to say. You don't want to say, talk about the 10 different jobs you've had. You just need to say you've been a litigation paralegal. That makes you look like a litigator. And then if you talk about this, talking about once you put in the word criminal investigations, that starts looking like you want to be a criminal lawyer. So you might just want to say, and again, there's no reason to, it's the internal revenue service. You want to, it's a resume. You want to be very careful about that, but you would say internal revenue service. And then you would say, and then just saying you're a legal analyst. And then you would just say internal, you would actually say internal revenue service and then legal analyst, but that's fine. It's consistent. But you need to make sure, or if it's not a legal analyst, maybe it's a intern or something. But you need your resume needs to have consistency, even if you're a law student like you are here. So then you get into this and the education, see what's happening here. This is probably fine. What I don't like about this, you put in the dates here. It looks like you took five or six years to graduate from college, which is okay. But I just would recommend just putting the graduation date. There's no reason to highlight you spent five years in college as opposed to four. And so I would recommend removing that. And then I think minors in legal study and political science is probably okay because it shows you wanted to be an attorney as well. And I don't know why there's this little thing here with education. I would recommend removing that. So this could be a very good resume for a litigator, but you need to shorten this up and, and then fix those dates and then try to make sure you understand what you want this internal revenue service thing to be. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.